Welcome to New Week, New Music, and tonight we are finally uh, revealing our top 20 songs of all time. Um, so this is uh, in uh, response to the Rolling Stones top 20 songs of all time, or top 500 songs of all time that they did that we uh, we had a few issues, we had quite a few issues with, um, and so we figured we might as well put our money where our mouth is and show you guys our top 20. So, um, well, we, we yeah. originally planned on doing 500, but then we decided that would just be a little bit too much work. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't personally know 500 songs, so <laughs> as a music reviewer, that would have been very challenging. How many songs have we listened to from the two years of albums? I mean, probably I mean, that's got to be 500. Probably thousands, 2000, several thousand, would, yeah. right? Yeah, probably two or 3,000. I mean, I've definitely heard more than 500 songs in my life. Could I name 500 off the top of my head? Probably not. Nope. Oh, oh no! Name them off the top of my head, no. But, but with time and research, I could put together a list. Um, but uh, that does kind of lead into uh, before we get into this. I did want to ask you guys, uh, what kind of was your like uh, criteria? What was your process uh, for determining the list? And like, do you have any like special rules or anything that you had for your list? So I I had a, a couple criteria where so. First and foremost, number one criteria of all, I have to like the song. I'm not giving out what any a picks. concept. <laughs> I, I I'm not picking any songs that I don't like. I, and I know you know there are good songs out there that I don't like, so they're not on this list. Number two, uh, you know, it had to be an impactful song, and that it had to be either influential or massively popular. One of the two of those, or preferably both. Um, and then I tried to go for for genre and time coverage, where I I tried to be cover a wide range of time on my list i tried to cover a wide range of genre um and so you know naturally my list is just complete compromise garbage because of all of this but (laughs) um yeah so i I tried to you know i wanted to to represent at least blues and soul rock metal hip-hop pop country and electronic music on my list so you know there's some winners and losers because of that but yeah, I, I also tried to be, you know, as diverse as possible. I didn't set any specific requirements uh, for that. Uh, some requirements that I did have. Um, one is only one song per artist. Um, mostly I did that to make it easier on myself and also to make a more interesting list overall. Now, I really don't necessarily think that, like, if I didn't have this rule, I really don't think it would have changed anything. I think my list still would have been pretty much the same thing. Um, but it did just, it did make it a lot easier for me to be like, okay, what's like this artist's best song and just only focus on that one. So it, it made making my 20 top 20 a lot easier. Um, and I do did have a cutoff of 20th century forward. Um, and that's mostly just because I'm largely ignorant of music prior to the 20th century. And it felt like including music from that, but earlier than that would just not really be fair. Um, but that's really about it uh, for me as far as like restrictions I gave myself. Um, kind of my strategy for coming out my list is, uh, you know, started with you know picking the picking some of my favorite songs of all time, picking some of my favorite artists, uh, wanting to include them on here, picking you know uh, artists that I think were the most culturally impactful uh, in music and uh, society or socially, um, and then just kind of narrowing it down from there. Um, and, and yeah, and I am pretty happy with my list. I, uh, I will also say, uh, cultural impact played a huge, uh, part in determining my list. 
So I do think I have a rather normie list. Um, and that's kind of because I think when doing a list such as this, it kind of has to be. Like if you're putting obscure underground music on a list like this, that kind of, it can't really be the greatest if not many people heard it. So so that's kind of why I have, but also, yeah, it does kind of have a bit of a normie, uh, bit of a normie take. I guess that, that does bring up a really good point where when I mentioned influential, uh, I, I pretty much equally weighted social and and cultural impact against musical impact. Whereas I so I, I would give equal weight to something that I think a lot of people heard and was was huge in the popular popular knowledge. I would give equal weight to something that not as many people heard, but was massively influential to the development of a genre or the development of modern music or something like that. So I would influence, yes, but cultural versus musical, I think was was fair waiting for me. Mm-hmm. And Ben, what yeah. about you? My criteria were pretty boring because I really didn't have any um, that were that significant. Um, I basically was it written was, by Tom York? Exactly. Was it Michael Jr. is allowed? <laughs> but um i went into it basically and this kind of goes against your guys criteria in a way because uh, i wasn't really factoring in popularity or cultural significance or even musical history significance very much i just kind of went with what do i think are the 20 highest quality songs i've ever heard um, but at the end of my list you know i looked back on it and most of the songs on there do check the box of either being popular or musically significant or you know part of you know some sort of cultural um milieu that most people could uh could recognize so i didn't set out to do it that way but i really only have a few picks that might be considered you know obscure or underground i think most of it is still going to kind of fit in the categories that you guys mentioned i uh i so i don't know if, if you guys would have pulled something similar but in preparing to defend myself here one of the the metrics that I did look up and have for all of the songs that I picked is the number of plays on Spotify as of this morning. Oh, I actually has to, did not. Has to be that. under two thousand. And so, yeah, you know, if if three thousand people have heard it, it's mainstream garbage. But it's, it's bullshit. But I actually uh, so coming in the lowest number of plays as of this morning was one point one million for me. Oh damn. I really, I don't know any of mine off the top of my head, but I would honestly be very surprised if I had any less than that. One one point one is pretty low for for a top song of all. Yeah, time, that's not I super think, in popular. My opinion. That's... But yeah, so I will I will have that number as, that. as part of my defense of each song. I think uh, I'm kind I'm of just to, ready to do this. Yeah. Oh, uh, actually, and one last thing I wanted to to ask before um, we do this: Is there any song that? Uh, you thought about putting on this list that you did not put on your list that you want to mention? That I want to mention? No, because there were a lot of songs that I thought about and just said, nah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the first man out for a top 20 list like this is miles long, right? Mm-hmm. Trying, trying to fill those, like, you know, I'd say maybe 16 through 20 spots was really tough for me because there were so many contenders. So I don't think there's any one particular one. Uh, there's probably no... 20 songs that I seriously considered, you know, making the list that ended up not making the cut. Uh, there's well, so- only one song that I want to mention just because my, because it had been so long since I'd heard this song. And when I went back to it, it was such a hilarious moment to me. Um, and the song that I, that I am talking about is, um, is a uh, dance with the devil by immortal technique. Oh yeah. Um, and the reason it didn't 
it ended up not making my <laughs> list oh, no. is because I had completely forgotten this. There's like a second song tacked on to the end of that song. <laughs> so yes, where he just talks about how so great it's he like is. a in in its entirety, it's like nine minutes, but the main core song dance with the devil is like six minutes which and i maintain that the that six minute chunk is like one of the best songs ever and i think some of the best storytelling and rap music ever and that's how i remembered it and that's why i, I strongly considered putting it on this list oh yeah i, I, uh, I, I revisit it yeah i revisit it for this and i like listen to it and like the song finished i was like wait there's still like three four minutes left and then it went into this like bullshit, which completely flies in the face of everything that was set up in the in the first six minutes of the song. And I, it was just hilarious to me. It's like it's such a like historically great song that's oh, ruined in a way totally that only it doesn't ruin it, but it's do. yeah, it just dude, like I said, he is the Ron Paul of rap music. Yeah, <laughs> and I think there's no better example of that than. Than dance with the devil, dude, and especially dance with the, the last devil three, is three minutes. That's such a great um, contender and candidate, and it's funny because I didn't even consider it, just because I I didn't happen to remember um, to think about that song. But uh, I do remember the first time I heard it, and you know, the first time you hear that track is an, is an experience. It ruins your day. It totally ruins your day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I, I remember the first time I heard it. It was, it. yeah, that was a very flooring experience. So actually, that's a really good. Uh, it's a good like just i i think for me the the biggest ones that that didn't make it were were stuff that just failed my i have to like the song criteria where, where there's a lot of stuff where and, and I'll, i mean i'll i'll shamelessly admit like in trying to fact check myself a little bit like i did reference rolling stones top 500 song list i went through that again i went through and and did some research and you know it, make sure i'm not having a brain fart moment where there's some really important song that i'm forgetting and, and like one that comes to mind, like for you mentioned is, uh, you know, and I think Ben brought this up when we were talking about early hip hop, you know, the message. But when I put that track on, it just doesn't, I don't vibe to it. And so it's not going to make it for me, even though it is, like we said earlier, you know, maybe one of the first hip hop songs ever massively influential, all that. At the end of the day, those are the songs that are not on my list or the ones that like obviously meet the criteria, but I just don't vibe with. Yeah. All right. So I think, it, I think it's time to, uh, to get into this bitch yeah let's just go and and i i fully expect this is where we drop the heat number 20 yeah right number off 20 the i think like, is my spiciest take drop the heat well at least for this group i think all right so yeah number 20 we've got <laughs> <laughs> i don't entirely hate any of these actually that's 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 actually I, i'm pretty okay with this i think all right so for oh, the record that's you brandon oh i was thinking that was eric taylor yeah, go ahead and read him. so ben picked a uh, space oddity by david bowie i have taylor swift's you belong with me and eric has dead mouse with that uh, sophie needs a ladder i'm gonna zoom actually in. don't think i'm familiar with that one. Oh, you should ben yeah um so was yeah, that the off the album that we listened to or is that off something else no no Okay, so uh, the reason okay. I went with with Taylor Swift's uh, "You Belong with Me," um, I mean, I think this is just the best pop song of the last of the of the 21st century so far. Like, it just it's so perfectly and captures you know like its target audience. You know, the angsty cheerleader, you know, the or the angsty you know teenage girl, and it's like it it everything it tries to do, it just absolutely hits it out of the park. And it's just, it's so, it's so catchy. It's so catchy. 
Like, and it's I will everything not disagree a with that. great pop song should be. And I think it just, it perfectly captures, you know, the awkward teenager phase that, and it, it and it's, it's so endlessly relatable as a song. Um, so that's why I ended up putting it on here. Um, so yeah. So why'd you guys pick yours, uh, on your list? Well, so the Dead Mouse track, I, I think this is probably my most controversial and, and, you know, rightfully so. I think this is, this is definitely the biggest winner of trying to be a little bit inclusive of genre. Um, because, you know, I, there's a lot of really great songs, right? But, um, I, I think what's important with this track specifically is this is like, it's not a dubstep track, but it starts to bring in some of those more aggressive, modern sounding electronic elements that are going to become massively popular in pop and uh, pop and um, electronic music going forward. From here. I think this is, I think this is a 2011 or 2012 album. I'd have to double check on that, but um, it, it, to me, it's a really kind of the the whole album, but especially this track is a really kind of like landmark electronic music track, just because I think it becomes very defining of the next 20 years at this point of you know mostly computer-based pop and and electronic production especially with the vocal uh like i, I was listening to this again today because i of course listened to my whole playlist of these and, and sarah walked in and was like is that kesha <laughs> which it isn't it but it's a uh, you know it's I, I think that's a good anecdote that kind of <laughs> shows off the the vocal style and and how much this track kind of represents what's going to sound like this track later like you listen hmm. to all the the dub stuff step stuff that came out the the Kesha the Katy Perry kind of stuff it it comes back to this I think in a very representative sort of sound and then on top of that it's just a uh, like God if you're listening to this fucked up bruh <laughs> I I actually have not heard this one so I, I really need to check it out oh so yeah ben, with David Bowie a very unsurprising pick yeah <laughs> so I've got Space Oddity um. I just I've loved this song for my whole life Um, I grew up you know listening to it when I was a young kid and I think it holds up incredibly well uh, today it's such an iconic song Um, it's very creative it's got like 50,000 different things going on just sonically Um, and I think you know from being recorded when it was just the mixing on that song and the way everything flows together and just takes you on these wild journey through outer space um it's pretty, pretty groundbreaking song for a lot of reasons, and uh, it's just a really magical listening experience. Yeah, every it, time it we sounds, go back to it. it. Even today, there's really not a whole lot on, that sound like Space Oddity, in my opinion. No, like, it's it really a very, does stand out. It's very even unique song. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I like all these picks. Honestly, I'm good with them. Yeah. All right, moving Number on to 19. 19. Hey, another Taylor Swift. Um, I'm de- definitely not a fan of that pick, Ben. But I know that's that's kind of me personally. Um, so for the record, Ben has a Stink Fist by Tool. Uh, I have Bohemian Rhapsody, and Eric also with Taylor Swift with Begin Again. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll, I'll start. Um, so I mean, what is there to say about you know Bohemian Rhapsody that hasn't been said already? Like, I mean, it's it's just one of the most like groundbreaking you know technological feats of music oh absolutely like of, there, of the yeah. era it came from you know it's you know it, it's still you know massively famous even ki- kids today still know this song they may not know you know 
they may not know anything by Queen. They may not even know the name of the song, but everyone knows this song. Like it's, it has better than I think most songs ever, especially from the era, uh, stood the test of time. Like yeah, that's huge. How how well it holds up, absolutely. Yeah, and and kind of going off of like what, um, what I said with uh, Space Oddity, like today, even today, like there's just absolutely nothing that sounds even remotely like Bohemian Rhapsody. Like it's just. It's so off the wall. It's so unique sonically. And I I love it. And I think it's a, just a perfect like capstone to the concept of the album that it comes off of. So like even in context with an album, like it's still just as perfect uh, in context with an album at, on its own. Like it, it really j- is just a absolute, truly uh, amazing track, both like, you know, sonically, technologically and like, yeah it's it's a it's a and for that that reason i had to have it on here and it's also one of the most singable songs of all time like i know yeah, like yeah. The, the scene from wayne's world is you know so famous but like god it's it's so it's so true like it's such a singable song so uh, i also put a taylor swift song on here but I, I went a little bit later in the discography and went with begin again off the red album and uh, partially just because it's like modern pop country that's actually good I think uh, that album, Red, is, is kind of just lightning in a bottle for like Nashville pop country, but actually being high quality, being well-written, well-performed all the way through, really venturing firmly into pop territory, firmly into country territory at times. And, and I think Begin Again is very much in the country side of things. Um, and, and so I, I really like this song from her before the real pop era began. And, and then on top of that, you know, just I think pretty obviously Taylor Swift is one of the musicians from the current era that's actually going to be remembered, going to actually mm-hmm. stand up and, and be in the history books. It's it's really hard to predict that, but I think this is an artist. I mean, that, she's already stood, you know, 15 or so years. Right. Like. I, I think this is an artist where you can pretty safely call it now. She's going to be remembered well. Yeah, and um, uh, one thing that I, I do want to add um, is part of the reason why I also put Taylor Swift on here is you know just because she had just such a huge impact on multiple scenes of music, like both in the country scene and in the pop scene, and having massive impact in multiple genres is really really rare. I feel. Yeah, absolutely. And I, then I think I uh, I forgot on the last one. So the Dead Mouse track was at uh, twenty six point eight million plays and taylor swift is at 92.5 million plays right now all right ben why'd you put stink fist by stink tool? fist by tool um, I was, i'm really surprised to see one of us put a tool song on here yeah i mean i definitely considered a couple tool songs um for i wasn't sure if i was going to pick any of them but i did end up putting this one on uh for a variety of reasons and the simplest reason is that um when I started to get into Tool, this is one of the first songs I ever heard of them, and it kind of just blew me away the first time I heard it. And frankly, it still does. Um, I think it's one of the most creative songs I've ever heard. Um, creative in metal, creative in whatever we want to call it, just creative in general. And uh, I think it really kind of encapsulates uh, the band. Um, it's also, you know, got a v- not very subtle um metaphor uh, message i think uh, definitely sums up like everything <laughs> everything about tool is kind of summed up in this song like this is the really on the nose you know 
and and I, you know, you have to appreciate the band. I think with a little sense of humor. Um, and you know, this is definitely a song that that'll make you chuckle for a lot of reasons. But um, I, I don't know. It's just it's just a really really incredible sonic journey. I, I think it's monumentally creative song. They were doing stuff within metal that was really hadn't been done before. And I don't know. It's one of those songs that has grown on me over the years too. So I think it's got really good staying power. Yeah. This is the first song on here that I'm not a big fan to see on this list just because I've, I mean, it's been well established on the show. I am not a tool fan at all. Um, yeah. And I, I do, however, see the creativity that you're talking about with tool, like, and they're, you know, there really isn't another band like tool. Um, it's just for me, I don't, I'm happy. There's not another yeah, band that's like tool. Totally understandable. Like tool. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I yeah. think it, it's not a, an egregious pick. Yeah, it's not an egregious one. I just don't like the song. So, but yeah, I, I, like, I don't hate it. Um, I'm upset about that. I wanted to be angry, guys. I, maybe 18. that'll happen at 18. Yeah. All right, 18, we got... Oh, Porter said, <laughs> well, uh, Destiny's Child. That kind of surprised me. Oh, yeah, so Ben has uh, Glory Box by Porter's Head. I have Hound Dog by Elvis Presley. And Eric has Say My Name by Destiny's Child. Um... Somebody else start up. I'm tired of going first. Well, I mean, say my name is just like the bangerest of all bangers. It it, it definitely gets a nomination for the best banger of all time. And so, you know, 544 million plays on Spotify as of this morning. Do I? I'm assuming I know this song, but the title you is not ringing a bell. Okay. Okay. It's yeah, impossible I, to have been alive during our lifetime and not heard this song. Okay. This is and and interesting. I you know I think this is some of Beyonce's best work as well, even though it's not her solo material. Um, it was this or Crazy in Love. I think with the two that I was, I, uh, I also considered Crazy in Love. I also considered Single Lady. Great song. Yeah, but um, this this one yeah just really great pop track. Again, I, I think similar to Dead Mouse, it's benefiting a little bit from trying to get some more modern pop music on my list, but. I, I, I think will when say, you do start including uh, modern pop music, this is something you gotta at least look at. Yeah, I will say uh, with uh, "Say My Name," uh, it's gotta have one of the most like legendary pop choruses ever. Yeah, like it's just it's so such a fucking catchy song, catchy chorus. Like it is insane, just how much of an earworm it is. All right, ben, so why'd you go yeah. with Portishead? I went with Portishead um, because, <clears throat> well, for one, I think. Um, it's definitely a, a group that I wanted to include on my top 20. I just couldn't, wasn't sure which song it would be, but um, I think Portishead's one of the rare bands that has never come out with anything that wasn't phenomenal. Now, granted, they only have three albums, but I think pretty much everything off those three albums is really, really impressive. Um, they definitely were pioneers in, you know, trip hop and just um, kind of expanding the musical landscape when they were active. And, um, yeah, I think Glory Box is just kind of the quintessential Portishead song. Um, it's it's really evocative and sensual and fun to listen to, but it's also um, kind of tense and terse and, uh, again, very creative song. And I think um, it definitely paved the way for a lot of different, um, you know, uh, electronic, you know, uh, trip hop, you know, sampling stuff that came after it, but it still stands in a league of its own and no one really ever replicated their sound. Yeah, no, I do think even today, today Portishead is just an incredibly unique sounding band. Um, oh, yeah. I've not delved too much into them, but um, I should probably change it. I've always been meaning to. 
Um, and okay, and so I have uh, Elvis Presley uh, with Hound Dog. And one thing that you know, it's in this day and age, it's kind of impossible to talk about. You know, Elvis Presley, you know, being considered, the, you know, the king of rock. It's, you know, he was really just, you know, the white face of rock music during the age. Like, like he, he definitely, you know, wasn't writing all these, you know, blues riffs and stuff. Like it was, you know, more or less taken um, or written by, you know, by black artists of the age that weren't allowed to, you know, be given credit. But even, you know, acknowledging that. It, it's still impossible to ignore the impact that Elvis himself had, you know, just whether it be like as a performer, you know, like the, the concerts he had were legendary. Like his, uh, he had a, a concert in Hawaii, I think in, um, I think in the, the late seventies, that was broadcast on TV worldwide. That was watched by a billion people in the seventies. Like it, like it's just impossible to say how big of an impact he had, you know, in shaping, popular music into what we see today and i think uh hound dog is his quintessential song like it's just it's uh, it so perfectly sums up like the 50s rock and rockabilly of that time and of that uh the style and like it's just it's so immediately recognizable as soon as it, like he comes and singing just like you ain't nothing but a hound dog like it's just, it's so instantly recognizable to this day and like and it's you know, it's a style that just had a million people trying to replicate and became just such a important cornerstone um, for for music. And, you know, no, very, very few people had, you know, the cultural impact that Elvis had. And and it's still just a really good track. Like the, the riffs are really good and really clean. And his vocal performance is also really good and really clean. Like it's it it's just all around a great track that, you know, was hugely important in american pop music yeah i think it's a i think it's a good pick yeah it's definitely a defensible pick um it's probably not the elvis song i would have chosen but i mean you got a million to choose from so yeah it, and that's definitely like, one, yeah. of, one Picking of the ones which for sure. elvis song i wanted was really difficult yeah that's hard if you're if you're set on elvis <laughs> it's, it's it's hard to pick a song i i think a list like this would it'd be pretty hard to not include elvis yep. in some way and um, even if you talk about you know cross genre um, influence, um, Elvis even helped inspire um, some rappers. I mean, Danny Brown himself said that he would die for this shit like Elvis. <laughs> one of the one of the best rap lines of all time. I God, I love that one. All right, number seventeen. Uh, yeah, seventeen. We got um, have a nice life. Mm, okay, that's I. This, I think, is a little bit... That's a spicy like, take. <laughs> that is not the Metallica song I would have guessed. Oh, wow. No kidding. So, once again... <laughs> uh, so, yeah. We um, have... Um, ben has... Okay. Uh, so, Ben um, has a Have a, a Nice one Life. Before a quick the one eternal before. worm devours Connecticut by Have a Nice Life. <laughs> uh. I have uh, Hey Jude by the Beatles. And Eric has Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. So, uh, uh, Eric, I'm going to ha- force you to start because that is not the Metallica song I was expecting to see from you. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised by that. Yeah, I mean, hey, Elton John agrees with me. Does, Does he? he really? Like, yeah. Elton John said this is one well, of the best songs Well, that kind of makes sense because Elton John is a, you know, songwriter ballad type person. And that's yeah. definitely a more ballad-esque Metallica song. So, I can I can see why he feels that way. Yeah, so, I mean, this obviously the, the the nod is is master of puppets if you're if you're going for popularity and then obviously the nod is something off ride the lightning if you're going for like a little bit less popular but a little bit more cultured take but um 
you know, Nothing Else Matters also managed to bring a metal band into the, like, the pop music mainstream, like, you know, this is accessible to everyone. This is, this is actually the second highest number of plays on my list at 707 million. Wow. Whoa. Like, it's something that you wouldn't think about, but like, this is, this is a song that... Like 10% of the entire world. Yeah. Most people have listened to this, which is kind of weird for a metal band. 10% equals most in Eric's universe. I mean, sort of. I, I, I should also, I know. you know, acknowledge <laughs> the fact that looking at Spotify lists, it, it heavily depended on when they got on the platform, how long the song's been out, stuff like that, obviously. Shout right? out to Napster. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think this is, I, I think more than, than anything else, on top of Metallica's legendary status, this is also just a very well-written song, full stop. You could take this song and perform it by somebody else, and it's still a very well-written song, which I, I think is something that maybe mm-hmm. isn't true for most of their discography. So I have uh, Hey Jude by The Beatles. Um, so this is, I think, my most normie of picks. Um, that is maybe the most normie pick of all time. Yeah, um, and I'll be honest, this is probably my least favorite song that I actually picked for my list. I still do like the song. I still think it's a good song. Um, but yeah, I mean... I mean, this song is just so famous and it just like everyone knows this song everyone knows this song like and you know it it's, was so huge when it came out it's still huge to this day and like the the ending like uh chorale i guess you know it, it's it's just so legendary the piano line is legendary like i mean just everything about it like it, it's just so it's it's just so legendary and like while it's definitely nowhere near my favorite beatles song i like i i put it on here because it's it's impossible to ignore the popularity and just the the cultural significance of this song but and and i i I know when we uh when we reviewed the rolling stones list we both are all three of us were uh, we're very happy to see that they rolling stones didn't put uh, hey Jude as their t- highest rated song. Unfortunately, I do not have the cojones to do such a thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I really feel like it, it had to be here to a degree. Um, it, it yeah, it's it's impossible to to understate how big of an impact this song had musically. Yeah, so. I, I have no qualms there. I think it's definitely not my favorite Beatles song, but it is pretty darn good. And one cool thing about this song is that despite how overplayed it is and how much everyone knows it when you go back and put it on it still tends to hold up really well when you're actually listening to it i've never really been annoyed by this song like i have by other overplayed tracks so i think that's definitely a a testament to its uh to its um strength as a song it's also like a song you've heard covered and sung badly so many times that when you go listen to the original <laughs> performance, it's almost like, refreshing. Oh, that's so much better. Yeah, it's like, oh, so that's what it's supposed to be. Uh, All right, so Ben, we have, I think this is probably the spiciest pick so far. It's definitely the yeah. least recognizable pick. By a landslide. Um, yeah, I'll probably agree with you guys there. Um, and I'll also say this was not a song that I expected to have on my list. And frankly, this is not a song that I knew existed until maybe six months ago. I don't know uh, when I first uh, started listening to this, but I know it was fairly recently. So um, it's this is like the biggest long shot song to ever end up on 
one of these lists i think ever um but the reason i chose a quick one before the eternal worm devours connecticut uh is because (laughs) it's really hard to put into words but this song is just kind of broke my brain as to like what a song could evoke um just in terms of a mood or a visual it's basically i'll give you quick rundown of the song which i don't do you guys happen and have any familiarity with um i'm I'm familiar with have a nice life but not okay so this is off uh yeah this is off death consciousness which is their Mm -hmm. most you know acclaimed album um and this is the first track and it's basically like a five or six minute track of just like this kind of up and down meandering slow riff played on acoustic guitar with some Real ambient stuff going on in the background, and it's an incredibly simple track, um, but it's like it's probably the most depressing thing I've ever heard. And just in terms of like a mood of just pure depression and hopelessness, uh, this song evokes that better than anything I've ever heard. And it's such a gutsy start to an album um, because it's basically that's the first thing you have is just this like wallowing, despair-driven, just soundscape of of awfulness um and that's how the album starts like it's such such a crazy idea and i think to pull it off is incredible and it's great in the context of the album and it's also just great as a track yeah i i have heard the album i've heard the song obviously i've heard the song but and i don't know i i think i will have to revisit it um um yeah because it didn't have a nice life didn't really stand out to me in a meaningful way so I'll, i'll i'll have to go back to it though um but yeah, so moving on to 16. Ain't It Funny no. <laughs> by Danny Brown. I'm really glad that that's on here. I, I thought about that one. Uh, I have Frank Sinatra with Fly Me to the Moon and Eric the the Fugees with Killing Me Softly with this song. Honestly, I, once again, I think all three are great picks. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, first, are, that's the best uh, trifecta I think we've had so far. This those is where are, it speeds up because we have to. We don't have to justify as hard. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I do still kind of want to, you know, briefly talk yeah, about yeah. it. Um, for me, the reason I, one thing that actually really surprised me with um, my with uh, this uh, Frank Sinatra song is this song. Um, let me make sure I'm getting the year right. Um, yeah, um, yeah. This song came out in 1954. Or at least Frank Sinatra's uh, version came out in 1954, and um, and Frank Sinatra's Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 1964 is when Frank Sinatra's uh, version came out, and Frank Sinatra's career started in in the the 1930s. So by the time this song had come out, his career had been going on for 30 years, and I think to have a 30 year career come out with what could very well be, you know, his most iconic track to me kind of blows my mind. Like, I mean, it's so rare to for have someone to have a career in music for that long and to put out what could be their very best work at that age is just mind-blowing. And I, I do think it's... Well, let me look at know, Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, they've had a career for that long as well, and they're putting out garbage. And I, I think Fly Me to the Moon is just one of the most impressive male vocal performances of all time. Like, his singing on that track is just so perfect. Like, it's just, it's so smooth, it's so clear, it's, like, everything about it is really, really good. Like, and it's, it's just, it's, you know, it's, you know, a jazz standard, you know, these 60 years later for a reason. Like, it's, you know, just 
everything about it is just so great like it's such a great minimalistic track and his voice is just so incredible um that i, I had to put it on here and also because i think frank sinatra is just you know one of one of the if not the most important figure in american popular music as a whole so uh, which that in itself might be a little bit more spicy but we don't really have time to discuss that right now so <laughs> uh yeah I, I went with fuji's just i mean really really great kind of soul kind of rap kind of hip-hop track um really good stuff from kind of the early era of hip-hop as well too and just a massively forward-thinking song as well yeah yeah absolutely it's it's and that that's something that i kind of looked for a little bit throughout on my list is stuff that was ahead of its time a little bit um and i i think this one definitely qualifies there and Right now, it's sitting at 412 million Spotify plays. Yeah, that's yeah. a fantastic pick. And yeah, I think, and th- this is a cover song of something that came a long time ago, I believe. And every song that I've seen the Fuji's cover has been incredible. They also yeah. have a really cool version of um, Can't Take My Eyes Off You. Yes. Uh, which again, you know, very creative, you know, way to totally flip something on its head and uh, just musically, but also retain the original mood and purpose of the song all right so uh ben ain't it funny yeah ain't it funny by danny brown um i chose this because i think it's one of the best just rap songs ever ever made off obviously it's on my list but um you know it, it, i feel like a lot of the time with rap it's a little bit harder to focus on single tracks uh just because there's there's kind of less you can hum to it because it's you know very you know vocally based um so it's a little hard to have like a really definitive rap song as opposed to like a rock song but in this case like the minute those blaring horns come in off the get-go i mean you know you know the track if you've heard it before and and it's man this thing it just gets better every time i listen to it i can't imagine any other rapper rapping over this instrumental other than danny brown He's I, really I, the only I don't one. even know if there's any other rapper that could do it. Like Yeah, it'd be tough. It's it's just a wild, just frenetic, horrifying track and the music video is also just shockingly. Yeah. The music video is well. fantastic. And it's also was directed by Jonah Hill, which is Was makes, it really? That's yes, hilarious. Like like that that Jonah Hill, like the <laughs> the guy who hangs out with Seth Rogan. Yeah, it just which makes it even adds another layer of, of craziness to the this track but yeah i mean if you've never heard this song you need to listen to it yeah, and the, go and the it. album it's, yeah it's mind-blowing all right number 15 um, yeah 15 closer by nine inch nails for ben uh dead dead flag blues by godspeed you black emperor and am i evil uh by diamond Ooh, diamond Head, yeah great picks um yeah another one yeah, where i I like, I like all three of these um i i went with uh dead flag blues because i think this is just like one of the most definitive underground rock tracks of all time and i think you know, um and so I, and actually one thing that i, I really i want to talk about is with um my basis i i really had one thing that I, I really look for is stuff that i considered like a culmination of you know musical change or or, or the beginnings of huge musical change and i I think Godspeed's early work, um, F-sharp, A-sharp, and um, uh, Lift Your Skinny Fist, I think are really great examples of just like the culmination of a hundred years of of Western music, of the evolution of Western music. 
like you just i i, I really do hear you know just you know just a hundred years of musical evolution in in dead flag blues and you know just the 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 social aspects that they they talk about or that are that are mentioned in this song you know are or and or you know are just massively relevant to this day if anything they've only gotten more relevant or well, more more so the ideas have become more mainstream i think um but yeah it's uh, one of the greatest underground tracks ever i mean we we listened to brew it which was in my opinion a shameless copy of what what godspeed did on their early albums but i mean even today like you can hear the impact that these guys had on on the rock scene even if <laughs> the modern rock scene is not very good <laughs> <laughs> the obscure ass rock scene um yeah I, diamond head is going here because it's it's your favorite metal band's favorite metal band in a sense and when i was talking earlier about how it has to either be socially influential or musically influential this is like the peak of musically influential you know these guys lead to metallica which leads to like all of modern metal and so, yeah, I mean, this is the second lowest number of plays with 3.3 million. Um, that goes up to wow, 16. that's kind yeah. of hard to believe. Yeah, it's only 3.3 million. Wow. It goes up to 16.2 if you include the Metallica cover off Garage Inc. But that still would be... <laughs> what a shame. I think that would still be that the second lowest on my list. Even if you include the Metallica cover, it's still the second lowest number of plays. And this is, I mean, this is kind of the track that inspired modern metal. Like right there, this song, all of modern mm. metal comes from this. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty rare. Like you can pinpoint, you know, a song or a moment or something like that. So when you can, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, a great pick. I remember this is probably my favorite track off Lightning to the Nations, and I love the album as a whole. So yeah, that's no, that's a fantastic choice. Um, yeah, I went with uh, Closer by Nine Inch Nails. Um. If you've heard it, you know it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you've heard, you, you know. never forget this song. <laughs> it's a great song because on the surface, it's it's just like a, I guess you could say a horny jam, but beneath it, it's like incredibly dark and just depraved and very interesting too. I mean, I still notice new things about the song every time I listen to it. So it's one of those just cool things that you can appreciate on with any level of of paying attention um and yeah iconic for a reason and it's I, again it's it's a pretty unique song i haven't really heard anything i can really liken to it nine inch nails is a great shout to from the electronic side of the house because you know the the band as a whole just you know trent reznor's stuff with the combination of that and, and alessandro cortini's synth work is just like it's very progressive stuff in the electronic scene as well so i'm, I'm glad to see them here yeah, all right, so 14, we got, um, wow, that's actually the, the first one I've uh, just never heard before with uh, yeah, I, with <laughs> the Hit Priest by The Fall. I had I a have, feeling uh, you guys would not be familiar with uh, that one. Lou Reed's yeah. Walk on the Wild Side, Nerg with Chuck Berry's Roll Over Beethoven. I'm really happy to see Chuck Berry on here. Chuck Berry's got to be on here. Yeah. All right, Ben, so defend yourself. <laughs> well, well, first of all, I think... Um, Buckcherry better be higher up on this list um, because if you're going to include Don't Chuck, spoil my Chuck Berry, one, but not Buckcherry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have um, Hit Priest by The Fall, which I accurately guessed you guys probably have never heard of. Um, and I probably never would have stumbled across this song if not for the movie Silence of the Lambs because this is one of the songs that 
um, Buffalo Bill is listening to um, in his basement. Um, and the other song that he's listening to, which is the more, obviously the more famous one because there's a really iconic scene that goes along with it, is Goodbye Horses by Q Lazarus. Um, and I know I, I loved that song and um, I think I was on some like Reddit thread and somebody mentioned like the other song that Buffalo Bill listens to and I hadn't really noticed it in the movie, but I went back and, you know, I looked up the song and, you know, I rewatched the movie with, with the song and, and, uh, I was just totally transfixed by it. Um, I don't want to say too much. I just kind of want you guys to listen to it. Um, I'll, have to, I'll definitely have to check it out, but it's, it's not a song that you would ever expect to be on a list like this. Cause it's not really catchy. It's just, it's just totally creative and immersive. And there's just that weird quality to it that, just totally blows my mind and i can't really put a finger on it um so i can't really say much to describe this song other than just go listen to it so i have uh, walk on the wild side by lou reed and i mean this is the ultimate like counterculture anthem i feel like i mean and just like the like and like the social issues that are brought up on this song are you know decades before anyone else talked about it like i mean there's it's i mean it's a pro transgender song from like I think it's the early 70s like you know and here we are 50 years later starting to have that conversation like just like how forward thinking socially this song was is you know is you know is kind of mind-blowing and just i i love the simplicity of it with just like lou reed's very like monotone very slam poetry-esque delivery on it and just like the bare like upright bass uh riff mm. like i i it's just such a, an incredible example of less being more which is actually kind of a theme that i have for quite a bit of my songs um on this list um but well wasn't it lou reed who said like one chord is rock and roll two chords is pushing it three chords you're into jazz or something like that i don't know but that definitely sounds like something lou reed would say yeah it's very very lou reed even if it isn't him yeah um yeah, that, that's a great pick yeah, yeah. it's it, it's such an iconic a uh, song that you know just perfectly captures the you know the whole you know counterculture movement of the the 50s 60s and 70s and you know it's only gotten more and more relevant today which is i think really really impressive um and you know it's it stands as an icon to this day for those reasons so that's why i put it on here also i fucking love lou reed and i wanted to include him on this list in some way Although I do think Lou Reed sullied his reputation enough with collaborating with Metallica that uh, I'm going to make a formal request on this song. Can we kick it off the list? Can we kick it off the list? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah, sampled by uh, Tribe off uh, of Can I Kick It. So, um, so yeah, uh, roll over Beethoven. Chuck, Chuck Berry, you know, everything you said about Elvis, except Chuck Berry's black. Yeah, except Chuck Berry actually wrote it. You know, it, it's it very much the same kind of cultural impact that Elvis had. I mean, a little bit under the scenes, but but it, it's kind of shocking in the sense that, like, Chuck Berry had, I mean, obviously not the same, but he's starting to be in the same conversation with people like Elvis, despite, you know, the, the social standards at the time and stuff. And then, of course, just the, the music being so forward-thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, Chuck Berry is one of those, another one of those people where you can point back and just be like, yeah, right here, this is where all of this stuff started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like so much of modern rock is because of Chuck Berry. Yeah, like, that's like, it. So he much starts- of Elvis, Elvis is Elvis because of people like Chuck Berry. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that yeah. said, Chuck Berry does start every single song with the exact same riff. <laughs> but it's so good. <laughs> but it is it's a so great good. riff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, moving to the 13. Um, okay. That's not the Daft Punk song I'd pick. Um, ben has uh, Four Women by Nina Simone. I have Holiday in Cambodia by Dead Kennedys. And Eric has Defunk by Daft Punk. Um, so yeah, I'll start. Uh, I'll start with this one because I've, because um, I've shat on a, a lot of like quote popular pop uh, or popular punk music, you know, namely the Sex Pistols and the Ramones. And the main reason I do that is because what most people out uh, who aren't you know super into punk music don't really realize is punk isn't just a genre of music; it's a political ethos. Um, and I think Holiday in Cambodia is the is in addition to being just a truly great song it's the perfect encapsulation of that political ethos like it's you know know, it's railing against you know you know the i guess like white american privilege uh of you know of the 80s and 90s and while also you know railing against you know the military industrial complex and you know you know going to war when and like in vietnam when it really shouldn't but completely ignoring all the bullshit that you know all the, you know the genocide going on in Cambodia that we actually shout out to Henry about. Kissinger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Nobel Prize winner Henry Kissinger. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like it, it's uh, it's a perfect example of of the 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 punk political ethos in addition to being just a, a truly great and hilarious song. Like and I, I really like think it is for those reasons just a perfect punk song. Um, so yeah, uh, what do you guys want? Oh, who wants to go first? For you yeah, guys, uh, I'll go. But first, uh, I don't know. I don't think I know that song unless maybe I've heard it. Uh, but I definitely don't recognize the title. And I know you've talked a lot about the Dead Kennedys, so I'll definitely be checking that out. Um, I went with uh, Four Women" by Nina Simone, and I've always really liked Nina Simone, um, but I've never listened to her extensively. This is a song I actually discovered through the Pusha T Drake disc because this is the song. Well, actually, this is the... He used you just want another chance to shit on Drake, did you? <laughs> yes. Never passed Justified. it up. Justified. Which I believe he... I think Push sampled the beat from a Jay-Z song, and then... But anyway, Four Women was the song that was sampled in that beat. So um, I actually didn't know about this until fairly recently, but um, I listened to it, and this is a classic example of Less Is More. It's an incredibly simple song. Um, it, it's basically, you know, storytelling... Um, narrative at its best and it's Nina Simone at her most beautiful soulful evocative um, which she's you know incredibly just skilled in so many ways as a singer technically um, emotionally um, you just kind of had the kind of voice that you don't run into very often and I think this is one of her best songs and um, oh also um, it's one of only like two or three songs that I can pinpoint that actually make me cry sometimes and this is one of them so it gets points for that i don't think anybody's gonna gonna fight yeah, you on, I, I can't really fight on you here simone on here i am a little upset there's not too many on here like that i'm i think are spicy all right but anyway so uh moving on to number 12 hey wow, wow. <laughs> i did not fuck? expect what? that to happen <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> what the fuck? so no both way. ben and eric have uh the revolution will not be televised by gil scott heron at number what? 12 what are the fucking odds what Dude, were the odds that's crazy <laughs> in and a totally have, freeform um, selection <laughs> uh, 
Metallica with Fade to Black. And I'm also really kind of upset to see that because I totally did not even think of this song for my list. And I'm kind of oh, bummed it's no not kidding. on it now. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'll let you two go first with uh, your, <laughs> with your Gil I mean, Scott hair. This, this, this is the first like... repeat uh, at a period of tonight, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's on the same. Wow, that's crazy. I'm so happy that happened. Number 12 best song ever confirmed. <laughs> yep. It's clearly, it's it's beyond debate at this point. The revolution will not be televised by Gil Scott. Also, I learned tonight that it's Gil Scott Heron, not Gil Scott Heron. I had hmm. been putting the hyphen in the wrong place my whole life. Oh, it's, the, it's in the wrong place on Eric's side. Oh. Oh, you're right. I thought I copied it right off of Spotify like that, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, anyway, what can this you say? I mean, just one of the most forward-thinking songs ever, I think. This might, yeah, I was and, and like, what's, this what's, might be the most. W- this song was so forward-thinking that no one in the future ever did anything close to it. <laughs> well, and, and what's wild is, is not only is it forward-thinking, but also very contemporary for its time, which is also like... Yeah, it was. A little bit appalling when you look at the issues addressed, but like to, to be yep. so goddamn on the nose that, what, 50 years later, you're still so goddamn on the nose like yeah i mean if you haven't heard this what are you doing yeah go do it right now like stop listening to us and listen to this song and like i mean even just the name of the song is just so legendary like the revolution will not be televised like just that like it like everything about it like god how did i not think of this one god damn it yeah, uh, I'm surprised. I thought we had maybe mentioned it in the preceding months, but uh, you know, I, we all listened to this in the car yeah. together coming back from Vegas. Yeah, and, and it oh, just never like popped yeah. in my head when I was making my list. Yeah, what a song! Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's so so cool. It's, it's a great. <laughs> if you great haven't song. heard this song, you have to. I mean, it, this is required listening for yeah, absolutely for everybody. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I have uh, Metallica with Fade to Black, and uh. The reason I put this one is because I think this is the song that kind of legitimized uh, not only Metallica as more than just a metal band, it kind of by extension legitimized metal as a musical genre. Like, um, like this this song proved that you know that Metallica could do something a lot more than just be loud and in your face and fast. Like it, they you know it's it's just such a like a gut wrenching song. Like the and you know just the the writing on it is so incredible that Metallica decided to write to do a song like it three more times, <laughs> like <laughs> like it's you know it it's just absolutely legendary. I think just you know one of the best you know hard rock metal ballads of all time. You know and just especially when it came out, it was just so absolutely unique. And while it's you know not as unique today. You know, putting this on today, it's still just an absolutely killer track. Like this, you know, it, it absolutely stood the test of time. And it's just, you know, some incredible guitar in here, some incredible singing. And like even Lars is pretty solid on this song. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this was before Napster came and sucked his soul out. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I mean, Lars, even, you know, it's not, you know, a particularly great, you know, drum part. It's better than what he normally put out. But and just everything else on here is just absolutely like phenomenal, and like I, I love every second of the song, and it's you know it's I I think it stands up as Metallica's best song in my opinion. Yeah, um, it's a it's a really good pick. Um, so, yeah, uh, it it definitely and just like emotionally for like for Metallica, like it's so much beyond the 
just the thrashy, you know, so much kind more of monotone. Song from it, them. it is, yeah, and it, it like it treads the line between being like almost sappy. It's not sappy, but it's like almost sappy, you know, at least, mm-hmm. especially in terms of their other stuff. But it it's a really tough song to pull off, and the fact that they pulled it off like that, and it's a just a huge mainstay of, of popular music in general, even today. I think is pretty cool. Right, so moving on to number eleven. Oh, piano man. <laughs> uh, number 11, we, uh, Ben has Notorious B.I.G. with Suicidal Thoughts. Good pick. I have Miss Jackson mm. uh, by Outcast. Very good pick. And Eric has Piano Man by Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. I think the reaction to Piano Man pick. justifies Piano Man. <laughs> I mean, Piano Man's such a meme. Like, it's such a meme. Like, yeah. I, I can't I'm not tell upset if that I... it's on here, but it's, it's just, it's, it's fucking Piano Man. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think the, I think that's a good argument, Eric, because I can't I, to this day I can't tell if I ironically like Piano Man or unironically like Piano Man. It depends it, on it, how it, pissed drunk you are. A little of both. Yeah, it depends on exactly how pissed drunk you are, which is also the theme of Piano Man. The theme Man, of Piano so. Man. <laughs> it is one of the best karaoke bangers of all time. Oh, I will it's say, probably the best. So I, when I was doing this list, one thing that I did before I finalized it was I listened to, I made a playlist and listened to it in order from 20 down to number one. And the transition from the revolution will not be televised into Piano Man <laughs> kills me every time. <laughs> oh my God. You know what? I, I will say I love Piano Man. Again, I can't tell if it's ironic or not, but I mean, just the fact that you put it on and everyone gets a big goofy grin on their face and probably sings along to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm going to stand by your pick there. No, I, I think it, it's a it's a solid choice, uh, but it, it, it it's fucking piano man. Yeah. <laughs> On the same um, token, it's piano man. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, Miss Jackson by Outcast. You know, kind of going off of like what Eric said um, about uh, killing me softly. Like, I think Miss Jackson is one of the most forward thinking hip hop songs of all time. Like, that song would you know be in place with a lot of like you know the emotional sad boy rap. I guess you know that as much as we love to clown on him uh, that you know drake has kind of popularized like and and in addition to that both you know uh, both members of outcast just um just both andre and uh and and big boy just absolutely fucking kill it on this song like they both just absolutely wrap their fucking asses off yeah absolutely and, and you know and it, it's just also just such a such a legendary chorus to just with oh, the, yeah. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, like that for real. Like it, it's it's so so unique, and there hasn't hasn't really been anything quite like it. But yet it also it still fits in so perfectly arrow wise. You know, 20 years later, like I I you know I I just think it's you know it's, it was an incredible track then. If it came out today, it would be an equally incredible track. Yeah, it it, it really feels timeless in that way, in my opinion. Oh, that's a great pick. Yeah, yeah it's it's, like a, it. it's a really kind of kind of simple, simple, understated chorus and song in general. But it, it carries so much emotional weight, and, and it's catchy. You know, it's, it's catchy so without catchy. it's so catchy without being in your face, and it's kind of a tough line to to walk. That's a really good pick. Uh, I went with "Suicidal Thoughts" by uh, Biggie. Um, there were definitely a lot of Biggie songs to choose from, but for me, I think this is the big standout, just because it's so just it's so dark like yeah. as an album it's the album closer for ready to die and uh man it's it is a dark song i think the the uh the use of the 
is it uh what's his name the guy he uh Puff Daddy. Is it Puff Daddy who's talking to him? Or I, I, I can't remember I think if it's. So. Okay, I'm assuming it's him. I don't know if it is. But anyway, just the interplay between like Puff Daddy, you know, talk. You only get. It. So it's it's Biggie like having suicidal ideation through the rap verses, and then overlaid is, is like Puff talking to him on the phone, except you only hear Puff's part. You don't hear Biggie talking back to him. So it's, it's just. It's such a such a creative and and um effective way of communicating the message of just like detachment and hopelessness because you've got puff just trying to get a hold of him trying to talk him through it you don't hear his part you just hear him rapping about wanting to die and i don't know it's such a just bad shit it's such a fucking dark song it's such a dark song <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, every time i listen to it it's, it's like, damn yeah Yep. Uh, so now we're we're here at so, the top so, ten. So hang on. I, I think oh. I, we're just gonna pause for a second, and uh, I think at, at the sixty-five minute mark, this is gonna be a two-parter. So yeah. If you've been fair. with us this far, you know, join us in the next one where we're gonna go through the top ten. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So thank you all very much for listening, and have a good night. <laughs>